0: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy, where we discuss policy issues of relevance. In today's episode, I have Arjun, my colleague at the Takshashila Institution, and we will be talking about the tech alliances in the Indo-Pacific region. Now, before we get into the topic, I would like to make an important announcement. The admissions are now open for our 12-week graduate certificate programs in public policy, defense and foreign affairs, and technology and policy. And the program starts on the 7th of May 2022. And more details on application and the last date of application is available on school.takshashila.org.in So now let's dive straight into the topic of conversation. Now, with the crisis happening in the Russia and Ukraine, and it continuing as we speak, there have been questions regarding how this might affect China's decision-making process on Taiwan. And Taiwan remains to be under threat from the potential Chinese aggression, and this in turn could affect the semiconductor industry, which is flourishing. Now, India is a growing semiconductor power and could form an alliance with Taiwan and look for technology cooperation. Now, this conversation is something that has become a focal area quite recently, and especially with the crisis that is happening in Ukraine, right? So why exactly has it become a topic of conversation now, Arjun? Can you tell us about it?
1: Hey, Brielle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, it's always uh, good to be back talking about tech-related stuff. So yeah, as you said, right, uh, the Russia-Ukraine crisis kind of exacerbated the whole existing issue of uh, semiconductors. There's already a global ship shortage which is going on. And we kind of talked about this in a previous episode where we mentioned how this might actually affect the semiconductor supply chain itself. And the only issue now is the fact that this kind of aggression by Russia on Ukraine, we have yet to see what would be the response by the Chinese towards Taiwan. But the whole thing about Taiwan being home to over 50% of the global semiconductor manufacturing and the industry... It remains one of the most critical industries for the country itself and for the world. And any sort of you know aggression or any uh, offensives against the country might result in this industry breaking down and this might again cause disruptions to the already fragile supply chain. So what I wanted to talk about is mostly about how Indo-Pacific has become a major issue and a major area of concern for many countries, including the U.S. So they are looking at Indo-Pacific from a strategic point of view, and technology has become a very strategic uh, tool right now. So there is a need for, you know, to create need-based technology multilateral alliances, in the sense that specific technologies which certain countries are very good at harnessing, such as semiconductors in terms of Taiwan, and others like India, Australia, Japan, all these countries can come together, form these stick alliances and to ensure that the supply chain remains resilient yeah in right. so so that any kind of external like event, like let's yeah. say something on the lines of the Russian invasion happens in the region, mm-hmm. this would not completely result in like technology supply chains breaking down so that's with respect to like the broad idea of why tech alliances in the Indo-Pacific might be needed in the current scenario. Coming to the the semiconductor problem itself, it's just that fact that um, we've talked about this multiple times and there are mainly three reasons why it has become such a major focal point. One is the geopolitical Mm -hmm. one with respect to the US and China. And uh, second one is economic issues with respect to the fact that Taiwan itself hasn't been able to kind of scale up its operation to the extent. I mean, Taiwan is just a very small country, right? And it yet manufactures over sixty percent of the fifty to sixty percent of the total semiconductor chips, so yeah. which are being supplied. So the demand is increasing, and uh, and Taiwanese firms are looking to shift some of their operations abroad to kind of uh, meet this demand. They have started a fab in U.S. in Arizona. They're looking to invest somewhere else. They started investing in Japan, so they're kind of looking at other places to, you know, scale up their operations as well because they've been able to meet the like the huge demand by manufacturing on their own soil. Right. And finally, it's just like the whole fact about technology advancement. Uh, we have gone from uh, sixty-five nanometers, which was uh, way back, and now it's just five nanometers. Uh, mm-hmm. processes. So. Uh, the chips are becoming smaller and smaller and uh, more and more technologies are being developed and better. The chips are required, more okay. technologically advanced chips are required to meet the
0: needs two. and demands. Yes,
1: exactly. So okay. these kind of stuff are like uh, the main reason why um, people are concerned about the fact that any sort of you know external aggression on the islands, state itself might have potential consequences and uh, this is where the whole concept of uh, technology alliances come in.
0: Right that's actually quite nice overview as well as like thanks for deep diving into it and explaining it in such detail but when we talk about tech alliances right and we're talking especially with respect to the fact that India and Taiwan could set up some sort of collaboration or an alliance which would benefit both the countries. And like you mentioned, right, Taiwan is still a very small island country and uh, it's still able to sort of produce nearly 50 to 60 percent of like the total semiconductor thing. Now, when we talk about collaboration and an alliance, so what strengths do you think India can bring to the table and what are the areas that could potentially be prioritized for an alliance?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really um, important question to answer, right? So before anyone just sets up a multilateral forum and says, no, we have to do this, they need to understand that each uh, country has its comparative advantages and disadvantages. And um, the whole point of coming together is to bridge these kind of gaps and um, ensure that whatever you're bringing to the table kind of covers whatever others are not. So in the sense that India and Taiwan have, continued talks this is from last year itself. there were reports of officials from Taiwan and India coming together to kind of talk about uh, setting up a manufacturing hub in the country but again these are just reports and no official mm. announcement has been made and what I have mentioned in like what when I've written about this is the fact that India has to kind of uh, proactively put out whatever they can do in the sense that uh, especially, right, um, services sector in mm. India has is always a major uh, positive for the country, right? We right. have abundance of human resources. Yeah, and right. um, especially in the manufacturing sector, regardless of what it is, I mean, in this case, it's high-tech manufacturing, in terms right. semiconductor chip. But you need the people, you need, hmm. um, apart from the other stuff like water, power, etc., right. which also has to be taken care of. But in the end, High skill labor is always very important, and India India uh, can provide that. Can provide that definitely. And okay, uh, in terms of manufacturing, a little bit of high skill uh, labor is required in terms of handling equipment, manufacturing equipment, and stuff. But also the fact that India's comparative advantage in the semiconductor uh, supply chain lies in its design and uh, you know the package assembly and testing uh, processes. So right, so Mm -hmm. those. Design services are something that India has provided many U.S. firms, all of them having their own offices in India. And Taiwan also can kind of outsource its own design services to Indian... To uh, India.
0: Yeah, Yeah. to the
1: Indian workforce. And Taiwan is not just a manufacturing uh, giant. It's also the fact that they have multiple companies in the assembly, testing and packaging, which is like the final stage after you manufacture the chip. So. Those, those guys are also looking to uh, expand their operations. And India, we've, all, we've always talked about this, like uh, should just India focus on just making a fab or just manufacturing yeah. uh, chips. But the fact that we can always look at this area wherein it's just low skilled labor and the cost of setting up these assembly plants is way less than a manufacturing plant. Or a fabrication facility, right? So in that case, India can always attract like Taiwanese giants in this field to our country, offering abundant labor, more space for them to set up shop. And also the fact that we have kind of some expertise in it because low-skilled, I mean, I shouldn't say low-skilled, but it's just the fact that it requires less Amount of uh, upskilling for laborers and uh, right. the fact that we have such a diverse group of uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like people who are willing to get employed in these
0: uh, right right
1: in these this kind could of be a, yeah
0: yeah this could also be like an a, like an area that could focus on like employment right the employment numbers would definitely go up if you're sort of looking for because if it means that you need very little effort in upskilling the current whatever skills the current people have and if you know there's outsourcing from Taiwan uh, to here in India obviously the jobs will also increase.
1: Yeah definitely I mean uh, the whole point I think behind the and the rationale behind the recent package which the uh, government of India released was the fact that this is not just for you know like strategic purposes. It's not just right. for you know geopolitical yeah. uh, tensions and all that. It's also because of the fact that this would significantly improve the domestic sector itself. Like uh, that yeah, would yeah. encourage more and more firms to come up in India right. in the design um, space, yeah. in the uh, packaging space, uh, in the assembly yeah. testing right. phase. So when that happens. You know, tie-ups are always easier and you can always ensure that there are some tie-ups between Indian and Taiwanese companies. Right. And that would kind of help in, you know, creating this kind of, okay, alliance is just too strong a word, but at least a joint collaboration effort between right. the two countries to ensure that if the if the car industry is under threat from China or any external aggression, let's say yeah. for that matter. So, it ensures that there is always a fail-safe option in right. the region itself. And uh, that kind of creates a more vibrant cooperation. Uh, f-
0: yeah. yeah. Also, because like if there is some sort of col- uh, collaboration there, if something happens where the external forces have an impact on Taiwan or something, at least I think the the supply chain, something that is... Uh, is of concern at this moment like you said that despite Taiwan producing nearly 50 to 60 percent of uh, semiconductor uh, this thing it's not able to scale up also right so there is uh, obviously I feel there is a demand and supply problem as well so I think India could sort of potentially help in that regard yeah
1: yeah definitely and that's where the whole concept of technology um, cooperation and alliance come into the picture. so
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And now before we move on, we will actually take a short break and we will be right back to continue this conversation. Hello and welcome back to today's episode of All Things Policy. And we were talking about the tech alliance between in the Indo-Pacific region. Now, in March 2022, Prime Minister Narendra Modi had talks with his uh, Japanese and Australian counterparts. And these countries, which are part of the quad, and one of the things that was the center of discussion, or like, I think, I wouldn't want to call it center of discussion, but like, I didn't know what else to say. It was also one of the things was that um, the technology cooperation between these three countries had to take a front seat. And it looks like one of the main aim is to make sure China doesn't have a sole monopoly over the tech world. And So when we talk about like China not having a sole monopoly, why is it so important and like what is the reason behind it? Could you tell us more about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been an issue of concern for the Quad countries and uh, India, Japan and Australia being part of the Indo-Pacific region. Um, Right. Have kind of always, you know, talked about the fact that China has been using technology to increase its sphere of influence. This has been seen in Africa, parts of Central Asia. I mean, there are there are contracts which uh, the Chinese government have like signed with smaller African states, Sierra Mm -hmm. Leone, Ghana, and um other countries, if I'm not mistaken, in the sense that when they agree to be part of the um. BRI project or uh, not just BRI, any other uh, infrastructure deal right. with China. Um, They also agreed to be a part of the fact that some Chinese uh, giant like Huawei or uh, ZTE yeah. would actually uh, set up their entire telecommunication infrastructure in the country. Right. So yeah. that has ensured that whatever China like uh, the foreign policy objectives of China has been reached uh, through their mm-hmm. technology partners like at least the private sector partners in technology okay, and uh, all that so one thing we've always heard of you know like the Chinese debt trap diplomacy where and they give a bunch of uh, loans and then yeah. you're sucked into the debt so there's also this whole concept of uh, what I like, just said that uh, there's also a technology trap, a debt trap. in The right, right. sense that you are forced to use Chinese technology for yeah. a certain uh, extent, and that would again put you in the, uh, you know, deb- yeah, it would it make you dependent on them to a certain yeah. extent, and right. um, that that wouldn't be very feasible for anyone in the Indo-Pacific, especially for like the Quad countries, right? So. Right. Uh, especially India, Australia, and Japan, who are looking to kind of uh, limit the expansionism of China in the region. So, mm-hmm. um, if this happens, then the whole objective behind why they were brought together is lost. And if the view, if they will use technology as a tool to do this, then it's just uh, yeah, it's, of- yeah, it's just a matter of time. And that is why this whole thing about East Asian countries or even uh, Southeast Asian countries they're slowly you know relying on Chinese technology yeah, and yeah. if there is no alternative offered in the uh, you know yeah. coming decade or something like that they would eventually have accept whatever they're offered because right. in a sense that would be more economically viable for yeah. them
0: yeah. Feasible, and also.
1: yeah yeah so definitely and considering the fact that they get to uh, utilize top and technology with without any strings attached is always a good thing for that. So it's always better to kind of, you know, ensure there are alternatives for other smaller states. And the one way you can do that is if you can come together to provide these alternatives. It's not the fact that one country can do this on their own. We've always talked about the fact that plurilateral cooperation is a necessity and not a choice. so when This kind of, you know, tensions and geopolitical tensions and strategic um, tensions are involved. It's always in everyone's interest for coming together and creating these technology alternatives, which you can provide to smaller states and, you know, wear them away from the fact that... uh, it's only the Chinese who would give them okay. this. Giving oh. a
0: choice is always give at least they have a choice to choose, right? That yeah. instead yeah. of completely relying on them, that's actually nice. Uh, that's actually quite interesting. So we spoke about like why decoupling or sort of like reducing the Chinese monopoly is a- absolutely important. So when we talk about the decoupling the critical supply chains from China, what areas of expertise does India, Japan, and australia have that that helps in forming the sort of like a cooperation and collaboration and how will this collaboration sort of work out
1: yeah uh, so all three countries are technically competent first of all <laughs> it's not you know they're not some three countries who are you know what just coming up in the technology domain all three right. have a good footprint in the tech domain but the thing is each of them have their own ad- comparative advantage but the fact that the degree of of expertise in different areas varies across the three countries. And I'm, I'm just restricting myself to these three countries because they're part of the Quad and they're in the Indo-Pacific, right? So um, mm-hmm. it is these three countries that are actively taking part in, you know, preventing Chinese expansionist... Dominance
0: uh, or expansion, yeah.
1: yeah. So in terms of where they might kind of, you know, have an advantage... There is always, you know, the digital and the information age. New emerging technologies keep cropping up, but something which we have seen that is happening is AI and IoT. So there is major kind of focus on artificial intelligence and Internet of Things. Right. And uh, this Japan also kind of showcases commitment in the f- okay. in its fifth science and technology basic plan, wherein. Uh, They talked about the development of AI applications, robotics and IoT systems and how it can kind of contribute to the global tech ecosystem itself. They also have an official AI tech strategy and uh, like they're focusing on building up their AI R&D and industrialization capabilities. So in terms of what has already happened the fact that Indian government has identified Japan as one of the critical partners to develop AI solutions, (laughs) <laughs> solutions and they have also signed an M- MOU for kind of advancing cooperation in the AI field between the two countries and okay. um, interestingly Australia is one of those two countries whose foreign ministry has been actively pushing forward the role of other countries to formulate and set AI technical standards and IoT standards so the fact that they have advocated for like this multilateral and plurilateral approach to setting AI standards is a thing that should be taken note of, and yeah. they have taken the lead in kind of underlining the criticality of AI tech standards and how it can have a major impact in regulating this kind of emerging technology. And they've also released an official document on it, so saying that the foreign ministry has to focus on this. So that's something that's an area which which all three countries can come together to form a proper, you know, alliance in the um, tech field, in in, in the Pacific. And also the whole concept of telecom and ICTs, right? The Information and communication technology. So we saw China dominate the 5G era uh, with Huawei and they kind of own the most number of patents and technology standards related to 5G right now. And they have two of the biggest telecommunication firms, Huawei and ZTE, with their networks already entrenched in several African nations and Central Asian nations. So the thing is, I think I can remember this was my first ever ATP podcast where I talked about how India had developed its own indigenous 5G standards called the 5GI. And that was something that no one else had done until then. And it showed the fact that india is capable of kind of having its own standard and receiving right. approval from the itu and the fact that many of its telecom giants like jio uh, and airtel that part of what, what we call as the oran alliance it's called the mm-hmm. open radio access network wherein it's basically an alternative to traditional 5G technology, and they can mix and match with uh, different hardware and vendors. So, people who are using Huawei uh, networks may not rely on only just Huawei products. So, they can yeah. also communicate with other stuff. So, you, it makes it easier for you to kind of transition out and not having to depend on a certain specific company itself. So, in that way, Japan's own communications giant Rakuten has been also building its existing 5G network on Oran technology and okay. also co- collaborating with India tech companies. So it's not that the fact that nothing has actually happened, but stuff has kind of, um, you know, Yes, has started and it's just a matter of time to take it forward and uh, make it kind of uh, an official thing, right? So until now, it's always been like, oh, it's MOUs and uh, we will see partnerships in critical areas and these are diplomatic statements which are being made. But, you know, if some, we might have to expect some concrete outputs from these cooperation uh, agreements. In, this, in the form of uh, actually uh, putting out tech-related alliances and what they plan to do and uh, how they can kind of influence the region, etc. So, right. yeah, this is just an idea which we thought of while we were talking about it at some point of time in the office.
0: Yeah, and, okay.
1: Um, and it's always, you know, like, it's always nice to think about the form of, you know, what if they can do this? What if they can do yeah, that? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but. Uh, it it takes a while for that to happen and clearly uh, China has uh, kind of taken a lead in using technology as a diplomatic tool. Um, yeah, yeah, If others can do that as well as possible then um, then
0: that would be helpful right because yeah, then it is
1: it's always better you know then the full concept of technology uh, used as a strategic tool right now it's just a buzzword but I, if, but it is a
0: powerful tool, and you can't yeah. you can't sort of deny that. And the implications of these things may not be something that you can see immediately, but they will come some point or the other. So yeah. it's better to be prepared for anything and everything, I guess, in today's day and age.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, and uh, Indo-Pacific region is something that we talk about a lot. And having you know credible. And uh, safe Indo-Pacific is what even the quad talks about. Right, and right. technology is central to it, right? And yeah, you can, yeah. uh, the misuse of technology can absolutely destroy societies and countries and uh, anything. And So um, yeah. ensuring that does not happen is why yeah. we need.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Arjun. This was actually a very, very informative session or a discussion. And thank you for joining me and uh, giving us an overview about, you know, the tech alliances in the Indo-Pacific region and why is it important and how this can happen and all of that. Thank you so much for uh, doing this.
1: Thank you, Priyal. It was great being here. I hope uh, we can do this some other time. Yes.
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. See you next time.
1: If you liked our show,